Welcome to the Bullcast Podcast. I'm Court Winsett, and I'm here today with my co-host, Cameron Spann. Cameron, say hi. Hold on a second. You what? cannot get rid of me that easily. I, did... I, uh, uh, uh. I am Katie Pickler, and with me today is my co-host, who is on probation now for kicking me off, Court Winsett. Well, I mean, uh, to be fair, you did have several jargon violations in the last episode. You watch out. I'm watching you. <laughs> Looking for those jargons. Okay. All right. You just look. Okay. So, opening bell? Opening bell, Katie. That was the opening bell you heard. So, we're excited to have you guys back for episode six. We're going to talk about stocks. Stocks. Okay. So, as we mentioned already... um, This is a no-jargon zone, and what we mean by that is there are frequently words that will come up in our conversations that are very common in our industry, but that are not necessarily all that common outside of our industry. And we make a promise here to you on the very front end that we will not use those words without explaining what they mean first. So if every now and then a word pops out of our mouth, then that is a a word that is jargon pops out of our mouth then that is a jargon violation, and we will get owned. Um, <laughs> yep. I'm watching you, Court. I'm watching for those violations. So uh, that's our no jargon uh, promise. Um, we, Katie, you mentioned that we are doing an episode today about stocks, but this is going to be the first episode in a new multi-part series that we're doing. Yeah. And the new multi-part series is going to cover the basics of investments. And by the basics of investments, I mean the basic types of investments. And so we've broken it down into four categories that we'll cover over three or four podcasts. Those categories would be stocks, bonds, cash, and hard assets. So stocks, ownership in a company. Bonds, loaning money to a company. Mm -hmm. Cash, it's cash. I mean, (laughs) in your pocket. (laughs) And then hard assets would be things like, well, um, I don't know. For me, what comes to mind would be tea, but I don't know why. Oil. um, Think back to the Beverly Hillbillies. (laughs) (laughs) Gold. You know, gold is a hard asset. So... Over the course of the next few episodes, you will hear from us on each of those. Again, it's the categories, those basic types of investments. So today we're talking about stocks. But so let's see, what is, what is our top five going to be related to stocks? <laughs> okay, so it's, it's a little bit of a stretch, I know, but top five movies related to investments. I like it. Okay, so let me spell it out for you a little bit clearer. The top five movies... That 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 are related to those categories of investments, whichever category you want. So if it's a movie that's about bonds, then it's uh, and no, you cannot go so far as to do like James Bond. If it is a movie about bonds and you want to put it in your top five, you can. If it's a movie about a stock or stock broker or something like that, okay, uh, those those can go in your list. Just. Just so we're clear, movies about investments, what are your top five movies? Well, I think let's take out the obvious. Wall Street, Wall Street 2, you know, Gordon Gecko, Shia LaBeouf, all those. Let's check those out because everybody knows about those. Okay, so we're not we're not going to do the... We're not going to use the obvious We're ones. not going to do the obvious So okay. I'll start with one that's kind of funny. Um, what happens in Vegas, Ashton Kutcher, Cameron Diaz, she is an equity trader, which is a stock trader. Mm-hmm. And so there's a funny scene with her. She's on the floor and, you know, yelling crazy. But Ashton Kutcher has tried to sabotage her, gave her a drink, and now she's sweating and it's it's not looking pretty. So 
loosely based on it, but hey, it, it has Stock Trader in there. Sure it does. Ne- number two, Money Monster. George Clooney, Julia Roberts. He is a talk show host of a investment show, stock show, and he's just kind of that talk quick, fast, and like, this is what you got to do. Go, go, go. And Julia Roberts is the producer behind the scenes, kind of like our lovely Cam. Ah, yes. Yes. You know, we know they're the masterminds behind it all. <laughs> but in this particular one, a gentleman has invested his entire life savings in a particular stock, and which nobody, we don't recommend that. But so it's an interesting story of what happens with that and how he ends up coming on the show and kind of not the not the most positive light of the industry, but it's still a good one. It's funny how a lot of the movies that you see out there that actually focus on the industry, like specifically focus on the industry, a lot of times they don't paint us in that great of a light. No, they don't. We're That's, good people, we promise. Yeah, absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. And number three would be Limitless. And I'm talking about Bradley Cooper, the movie one, not mm. the TV show. Yes. Um. So he takes that drug, what is it, in... in oh, good. If I could pull that out of my nose, then, you know, I would. So he takes that super drug that okay, makes his right. brain work Let's really, call really it the fast. the super drug bill. Yeah. And so he ends up having a great success in the stock market and mm. joins the brokerage firm and all of that. But so, you know, don't we all wish we could have a little bit of that Absolutely. Drug? <laughs> I'd take that drug in a heartbeat. Don't take drugs, kids. Please don't. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Number four, uh, American Psycho. Christian Bale? Yes, of before course. Before Batman? Because that's very stock related. I mean, he, he is a New York investment banker ah. and, you know, very successful living the American dream during day. And mm-hmm. at night, he likes to dance around a hip to be square with a hatchet and kill his competition and people he don't he doesn't like. Fantastic! <laughs> it's, a, it's an interesting movie. Just, you know, not for those that can't stand a little gore. And the last one would be uh, Pursuit of Happiness. And it's a it's a tearjerker, but a feel-good movie. It can, you cannot have a feel-good movie that is also a tearjerker. Yes, you, you know can. what? No, you can't. Because if it if it makes me cry, then by definition, I'm not feeling good. <laughs> well, Will Smith is kind of down on his luck. He's got his son, and he is trying to be a salesman. Ends up stumbling upon this guy where driving a Ferrari and he says, man, I need that car. I need to know what you do. And he says, I'm a stockbroker and says, you know, well, did you have to go to college for that? And he says, no, you just have to be good with people and good with numbers. And so it's a great movie showing that he took, they took a chance on him and he proved himself and he really got into this industry. So I, it, that's a good line. Does he the end up in the industry? Uh, yeah. Okay. I'm and sure he is does. he a decent person? He's a decent person. See, and it so doesn't mean are... all of them get Ferraris, though. Just just well, know that. Not okay. all stockbrokers have Ferraris. I was just I was more focused on the idea that he is in the industry and he is a decent person. Yes, this is a good good light of okay. Okay. good light of the business. We will just have to agree to disagree on the whole feel good part. <laughs> so that's my five. What about you? Okay, so I took a little bit a little bit of a different approach. Um we have we have this the story of stock today is our is our topic, mm-hmm. right? And so with the first movie I took I took really some liberty with the idea uh, of of investment related because technically well I'll just tell you what it is and then I'll explain why I said it. Um the name of the movie is Baby Boom. It's a movie starring Diane Keaton. I love that movie. It's, I, I love it too, and I'm I'm not sure if I'm I'm not sure if I am allowed to love it and keep my man card, but I, I do love it. Um, 
Diane Keaton's character starts off the movie living with a guy who is an investment banker. Forgot that. So um, that's how I worked it into my list. Okay. But really the reason that I wanted to include it is because the movie focuses on this woman who gives up a high-powered career in, in advertising mm-hmm. to take care of a baby. And she moves out into the boonies and buys an apple orchard. And then... Oh, yeah. The apple business. Yeah. She builds a whole business based on gourmet baby food Mm -hmm. using the apples from her apple orchard. And one of the things that we're going to talk to uh, everybody about today is the idea of really what a stock is starts with someone forming that that business. You know, it, it all starts with forming a business. So I liked the idea of of that movie because she forms this business, builds it up into something really great, and then uh, almost ends up selling it to some guys who are uh, you those know, investors. Yeah, they're they're jerks, <laughs> and so she ends up not. She decides she can do she can take that business to the next level herself, and really that is a that is a key element in the whole stock market thing. Uh-huh. I promise, guys, as we go along through our list here, this is just the top five. This is the fun part. So you're in the no jargon zone, but we've, pro- we've probably thrown some words out there that we haven't really bothered to define, define. Um, we will get to the, those words that I've hit that that I feel like, okay, this is jargon. We're going to need to go back and explain this. We will hit those later. But uh, I promise if there's something that you heard that we said that you didn't understand, I will explain it as we move along. Second movie. This is probably the most obvious stock stock reference in all in either of our lists, and mm-hmm. that is The Wolf of Wall Street. Yes, great yeah. movie. Okay, so 2013, Leonardo DiCaprio, Martin Scorsese, Margaret Robbie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, that is based on a, a movie that is the movie is based on the story of a real life person, um, and it is. And I am about to throw you a little bit of jargon here. Uh, it is based on this this guy who basically started his career in stocks selling penny stocks. Mm-hmm. Okay, and so penny stocks is a very specific kind of really really cheap stock, and he gets his career started selling those. Um, number three, we're moving on now. I'm not going to talk about stocks anymore. I'm going to talk about bonds for a second. That is that other type of investment (laughs) that we said we will have a a whole podcast dedicated to. But my movie for these purposes is, of course, Die Hard. (laughs) What? It's 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 obvious, right? This this guy is Die Hard can get thrown in as a Christmas movie. Now it's thrown in as an investment movie. It is the greatest Christmas investment (laughs) movie ever. Okay. I mean, you know why? well, okay. He gets locked into a building with a bunch of terrorists who are trying to break into a vault. They have to to break into a vault. And why do they want to break into a vault? There's $640 million worth of bearer bonds locked up in that vault. That sounds like jargon. But that I is a jargon. bet you'll explain it in the bond episode. Well, I will explain it in the bond episode. I'll go ahead and throw it out there. I, I mentioned to you that... The bonds are a type of loan that you make to a company. You you give them money, they give you like a bond. Like an IOU. Yeah. They basically give you a piece of paper that says that they owe you that money back. Okay. A bearer bond is just a type of bond. Um, and there are a whole bunch of them locked up in the in the vault in Nakatomi Plaza. And the, the all of the German bad guys are just trying to break into the vault to get the bonds. Obvious investment movie. Where have you been? <laughs> <laughs> Number... Oh, number four. Okay. Uh, number four, moving on to um, hard assets, if okay. you will. 
The Goonies. Oh, Goonies never have they die. Yep, yep. They find the gold in the end. I mean, what's more clear than that? Hard yep. asset, gold. Pirates. Yep, absolutely. Pirates. You know, you can you can invest. Yeah, in- there's the pirate stock exchange in Somalia. <laughs> you can invest in their uh, their missions. And so, yeah. Wrapping it, it up. Okay, yep. Again, my list focused on the idea that uh, that we're, we're listing movies that are about investments. Loosely, as loosely connected as I might make it. Number five on my list is a movie called Too Big to Fail. Have you ever heard of this one? I have. Okay, yeah, it's an HBO movie. So, you know, made for made for TV, made for HBO. It was based on the 2008 financial meltdown. Back when everything went crazy, back near the end of the last decade, um, you know, we uh, there, there, there's a whole movie made about that. I bet you a decade from now, there will be a movie made about all of this that's going on Oh, right yeah, now. 2020, yep. <laughs> but... Um, Made a whole movie about the failure of Lehman Brothers. And the the government tried to step in and save them. Didn't get it done. Lehman Brothers ended up filing bankruptcy. But it's it's a it's it's a really dramatic movie. And of course, Lehman Brothers is a is an old investment firm that is no longer around. Yep. Um, so that's my number five, and I did manage to bring it back around to investment. You did, you did a great job. So um now into the topic. Okay. We're talking about stocks today. Let's talk about stocks, baby. <laughs> Let's talk about <laughs> stocks and not bonds. <laughs> oh, yeah, I could have done better with that. <laughs> <laughs> Try that again, Katie. <laughs> I know, but okay, come on, come on. Okay, sorry. Um, okay, so like we said, there's a there's a basic idea what we want to go with here is your forms of investment. The first form we're going to talk about is stocks. What exactly is a stock? A stock in its most basic uh, definition is a share of ownership of a company. So what is a company? Well, uh, a company is something that is started to either sell a service or sell a product. Mm -hmm. Um, You can also offer services or, you know, you could do things for free. That would be nonprofit companies. So that would be like charities. They're companies too. Or you can do things for money, and those would be your for-profit companies, mm-hmm. and uh, that's that's when you're going to be dealing with stocks. Now, okay, there are several different types of companies. There are several different legal uh, ways. Hold that on, you- court is in session. Here we go. Okay, so there are several different legal ways that you could start a company. You decide that you want to sell something, right? Or you decide that you want to sell your service, you decide that you want to sell uh, uh, bottles of water or whatever it is, and you want to start a company to do it, there are several different legal ways that you could start a company. You could go out, buy a building, stock it with water, get your licenses from your local government as a sole proprietorship. That is a jargon word. It is a legal jargon word. A sole proprietorship basically means you are the owner of the business. You are self-employed. You are selling water and then paying yourself the money. Mm -hmm. Sole proprietorship, number one. Or you could go. You and I could go into business together. We could start. Oh, that'd a company. be great. It would be. It would be fantastic. Um, hey, who knows? We might even form a, a company out of this at some point. You never know. Yeah, could be. Anyway, we could do it as partners. So there okay. would be a partnership, right? Okay. We still are not. We have not even gotten to stocks yet because neither of those two types of companies have stocks involved in them. Okay. So the third way that you could start a business for profit would be to form an LLC. That is again. Legal, legal. I know I'm just throwing jargon all around here. Yep. So uh, 
uh, an LLC is a, it stands for a limited liability company. And it is a, it is a legal way to form a company that offers its owners protection so that if we sell water as, as a company, uh, as a, as an LLC and the water is poisonous, uh, through no fault of our own, uh, we just happen to f- happen upon a, b- a bad spring of water and, and, and the water is poisonous, then the LLC offers us some protection as the owners of the company from from getting sued by someone who drank our poisonous water. Gotcha. Right? Okay. Limited liability, right? Then the final thing is corporations. And corporations offer... Very similar limited liability or no liability to its owners because it has multiple, multiple owners. Why? Mm-hmm. Because it issues something called stocks and it issues a certain number of shares of stock and different people can buy those shares of stock and they each will have their own little ownership share of this company in the form of a single share of stock or multiple shares of stock. Yeah, so like if your company has a thousand shares and you own a hundred of them, you have ten percent ownership of the company. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, well then I explained that better than I thought I did because. <laughs> <laughs> um, so it, now, just to I'm sorry, uh, one, one little bit more legal sort okay. of financial thing, and then I'm gonna step off the box. Um, you when you start a corporation, you may start it as a privately held corporation. Mm-hmm. So it's, again, you and I could start a corporation. We could file with the state of Tennessee saying, we want to be a corporation. We're going to issue a thousand shares of stock. And then you could take 500 and I could take 500. Yep. And we keep it private. Right. So we're not opening it up to the public. We're not selling these shares to anybody else. It's just, just between you and me. We're going to, we're going to keep all of the money to ourselves. This thing is going to be huge. It would be like, um, I actually do, I don't know the history of of Apple when exactly it became a corporation, but I actually have that information with me about Apple. So, did you know that there was a third to the two Steves? I did not know that there was a third to the Steves. Ronald Wayne was with him only for twelve days. He sold ten percent of his share of the company for eight hundred dollars, <laughs> and the you know Apple went public in nineteen eighty. But the thing is, is that now that 10% that Ronald Wang got rid of would be worth over $95 billion. Mm, Ouch. That hurts. Yes. That is painful. (laughs) You said you threw out a jargon there in terms of went public. And that will be kind of... uh, That'll, that'll be kind of the punchline of this long story that we're going to go through is uh, sort of the idea that uh, you're going to go public and, and we will explain. It's like a coming out party, like the debutante ball, like coming that's when, out. That's when they went, when they went public in, in 1980, they actually, Steve and Steve, divided up their shares of the company and then basically sold them to the public. And and that's... That's that's how you're able now to buy. Right. You know, that's going public. But we will... You know, there's a whole lot more that we will explain about that. But, you know, don't, 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 don't be, don't be skirt. Well, so anyway. And, and so when we mentioned before about there are some, you know, private companies. Yeah. And, you know, we mentioned that a lot of times it may be that a private company just is waiting until the time to turn public, which we're going to talk about going public. But there are some companies out there that choose to stay private. Absolutely. Big, big companies. Big companies that, so, you know, there's different options of going public or private. But did you know, do you know about M&Ms? Do you know about them, Andy? Uh, they're tasty little chocolatey treats. Yeah. So the company behind M&Ms and like Three Musketeers and all those, 
Mars, Mm -hmm. is a privately owned company. They have never gone public, quote unquote. Hmm. They've been around since 1911. They've never, never never traded publicly. They've stayed stayed private. Well, I'll be darned. So why (laughs) would somebody start being publicly traded? Well, so the reason for that would be if, you know, they've got this great product. So, you know, say you and I are going into business together Mm -hmm. and we're going to start selling. What do you want to sell? Um, red scarves. Oh, okay. Red scarves for the polar bears. For polar bears. Yeah. So we're selling red scarves for polar bears. Yes. And so we, we've, we've got it all figured out. We have this great thing. We found all these people that want this product. Mm-hmm. So we're at the point now where we need to start hiring more people to help us make these scarves. We need to get some new equipment. We probably just started like in, in, in your sewing. Do you have a sewing room? No. Okay, well, we just, my wife just, so she's got her sewing machine set up in the den. So we'll just start in our den. Okay, start right? in your den, yeah. Going to sew, it's just you and me sewing some scarves. Uh, I don't know if you knit or crochet or anything. I don't. Nope. So, <laughs> so um, we need to hire somebody to do the job for I mean, us. initially, I'll just make the scarves out of cloth or something. But then eventually, yeah, we're probably going to want to hire some people that can actually knit and do, because, you know, we're going to want to diversify our product line. Oops. That's, uh, uh, uh. Yeah, that was probably, that was uh, that was way too, I mean, that was, okay. So uh, at some point during our business, we, we have this great scarf, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but we want more kinds of scarves because we want more people to buy our product. And not everybody likes the cloth scarf that I started off with. Some people want wool and they want it knitted and they want it knitted well. And so I'm diversifying the product line. That was a, a lot of big hubbity-bubbity words right there. Uh, by adding new products to the product line. Our scarf, the cloth one that we started sewing in my den, was great. But to really be able to grow the business, add different kinds of scarves, we need we need a, a better place than my den. We can't keep running the business out of my den. So we yeah. need we need a building. We need we need employees that know how to knit. We need a lot more sewing machines. We probably need some more sewing machines. We may need a loom. I don't even know what a loom is, but <laughs> Uh, there's a lot of stuff that we're going to need to really take this to the next level. We've got a very successful business, lots of people buying our scarves, but we've just basically topped out with our resources. Mm -hmm. We can't, we can't take it to that next level. And, and so to do all that, we need more money or what you may hear in the investment world is we need more capital. When you see capital, it's money. So companies will decide, look, for us to grow anymore, we're going to need some help. We're going to need to open ourselves up and say, hello, we're here. We have this great product. Invest in us, please. And that's going public. It is them. It is us putting ourselves out there. And it's working with investment bankers. It's working with individuals to figure out, you know, I did promise. I did promise myself earlier. I said something. We both during the top five said something about somebody working for an investment banker, uh-huh. and I thought so. I thought we would come back around and explain what an investment banker is now, okay. because it is. It's a. It's not just you know. You hear investment. You hear banker. But it, an investment banker is a very specific kind of banker. It's a, a person that works at an investment banking institution, and what these do is it might be a bank. Like, for instance, Bank of America, they have an investment banking arm. Okay. The Bank of America owns a lot of different sort of financial institutions underneath that one BOA flag, but they own somebody that does investment banking. And what the investment bankers do is they evaluate a company. 
and help a company determine, hey, we need to we need to raise capital. We're thinking about going public. What are our options in terms of going public? Can you help us find out how much we would be worth if we were to do a stock issuance? If we were to to sell off a part of our company to the public, how much could we sell it for? Um, and Bank of America's uh, investment banking arm would somebody there, an investment banker, would would work with us to to help us determine if we could sell stock in, in some number that would raise the amount of capital that we need to successfully expand our business. Yeah, we'd probably need to bring them some samples and you know tell them all about the wonderful polar bears, right? <laughs> <laughs> yes, we might need to take them to meet the polar bears. I'm always down for a uh, business expense trip to uh, Alaska to see the polar bears, and we could take the investment banker with us. Sounds great to me. <laughs> Let's do it. You look excited. You look very excited. Very excited about this. <laughs> okay, so the investment banker, we go and meet with them and kind of work me through that that next step. After, after we've decided we're going to meet with an investment banker, what do we do? So we've met with an investment banker. Hopefully we come back all smiles because we've determined that we're good to go. We're going to go public. We're going to have our coming out party and announce to the world that, you know, this is our product. We hope you invest in us. Now, Southern girl here, I use the phrase all the time, like, I'm ready to invest in you. And that's meaning that I I believe in your product. I believe in you as a person. I'm willing to invest time helping you study for something or something like that. So think about it this way, that, you know, when this company, when our polar bear scarf company is going public, we're hoping that people are willing to invest in us. And so we've worked with this investment banker, figured out, you know, what the value is, how much each of our shares are going to be. So then when you sit there and look at something, you can go, oh, okay, well, I can buy into Court and Katie's polar bear scarf thing for X amount of dollars. So like, for example, I think most people know about Netflix, right. a lovely streaming program. So when Netflix first, they started in 1997, I believe, and they, so they've been around for a while mm-hmm. and they didn't decide to go public until 2002. So you see, companies are around for a good while. It doesn't just instantly happen that you start a company and then you immediately go public. It, I mean, it could, but most cases it's a good distance. But so Netflix, when it went public in 02, it was trading for $15 a share. In 02. In 02. $15 for share. Yeah. So a little fun fact, if you had spent $990 on Netflix stock in 02... Your $990, if you held on to it and held on, I mean, you didn't get out of it. You didn't sell it. You just kept holding on to that stock. Mm -hmm. It would be worth today over $340,000. I wish I had gotten on that bus. I know, right? That's insane. Um, So that's kind of a, that's kind of a good example of a reason that uh, you, our lovely listeners, might purchase stock mm-hmm. um, once once a company has decided that they want to go public and they go to an investment banker and they go through the process of providing all of this financial information to the investment banker, a business plan to the investment banker. A business plan is basically how are we going to expand? What is our next step? What you know, where are we going to locate our offices? How many staff are we going to have? What kind of scarves are we going to sell? <laughs> 
Uh, what's our five-year plan? You know, where do we see our where do we see our revenue going? How are we going to to sell our product? How are we going to market our product? Investment makers want to know all of that stuff, and then they take all of that information plus your your financial records of what you've already done, and they look at all of that. And they help you determine what that price is. And it probably takes them, you know, this is not exactly a short process. This is, this, this takes a, this takes a while, but they're going to go through all of that information and work with you to come up with, uh, the amount that they think you should offer your, your, your company to the public, mm-hmm. give the cup, the public a, an opportunity to buy a share of stock in your company for a particular price. And once they've done that work, then there is something called an initial public offering. IPO, initial an- public offering. You remember in Wolf of Wall Street, it was the whole Steve Madden. Right. And he was going public and had this gorgeous shoe. And I don't um, know if it was gorgeous. Um, <laughs> Interesting shoe. <laughs> Interesting shoe, yes. So that's, uh, that's, that's one way we could describe it. <laughs> so he's going to do an initial public offering. He's going to... Uh, he's going to open up his company to the public and say, here, I have this many shares. Mm-hmm. This is, uh, I have set aside this many shares of my company, uh, shares of stock. I'm going to offer them to the public for this price. You can buy a share of my company. And then the public has to decide if they want to buy that stock, right? Absolutely. Okay. So they're going to they're gonna decide. Hopefully, they're going to decide that they want to buy that stock. Why, <laughs> why are they going to buy that stock? Why are they going to give us their money? Hopefully they believe in the product, believe in the service that they want to be a part of that. That's why most people will buy a stock is because they believe in whatever it may be behind it, the company behind it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I know that recently somebody, somebody told me that, uh, that, you know, a lot of times the, um, the, the when, when, when you're really initially looking at investing, you, you start, you, the first thing you're going to start looking at is, what are the things that you use a lot? That, mm-hmm. And, you know, I want to invest in this company because I use this company a lot. Yeah. So it's like if you 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 have an Apple phone, you may yes. have that. Or um, like Chewy, if you have a dog and you use a lot of the Chewy services yeah. and stuff like that. Yeah. But um, Warren Buffett, who, if you don't know, is very well renowned in the investment world. I know who and he has, is. <laughs> yes. Berkshire Hathaway is one of is the highest um, publicly traded company as far as the highest price of share. And that's his company. That's his company okay. that he took over, and so it is one sh- one singular share is over three hundred thousand dollars. That's that's for one. That's insane. But so Warren Buffett really likes baseball, and he kind of made a reference that I really like when you're trying to figure out about stocks and you know what to do. The trick in investing is just sit there and watch pitch after pitch go by and wait for the right one in your sweet spot. And if you hear a bunch of people yelling, swing it at you bum, you ignore it. So that that is a, in a way of saying that you got to pick what's right for you. Right. You got to find those stocks that, that are products you believe in. And a lot of times people go through the science and look at like who's in charge and what's the product and what's their trends and all of that. But really, it's if you're going to be into stocks, then find start out with something you believe in. Hmm. So I I am going to buy the stock of the company that I believe in in hopes that something is going to happen. 
It's not just, I mean, I guess I could do it altruistically just because I want to support a company that <laughs> I believe Just because you want to give money to somebody. Right. Um, <laughs> uh, so, yeah, I, sure, I'll give you some money. I believe in you. But I think most people out there, when they think about stocks, they think about putting their money into stock because they are hoping that they are going to grow that yeah, money. Yeah, they're hoping they'll be able to get a return on investment. Right. Okay. Return on investment. Is that... That's a little bit of a jargon. Return on investment... What I mean by that is that you hope that the $20 that you have invested in, say, our polar bear scarf club, mm-hmm. then that will then grow for you. And that because you bought in early on with us and you stuck with our crazy idea for these polar bear scarves, that if you stick with us, you're going to see that us being profitable as a company makes you money as well. Yeah, so the um, that you started off if if our share if our share, our initial public offering of stocks so that you can own a piece of our company if uh, if it went for initially for twenty dollars and you got in on the front end and then you know twenty years down the road we've gone through the process of building up our business mm-hmm. we've followed our business plan. We're actually smart and intelligent people and run a business well. And so our business grows. We we profit and we sink money back into R&D on new scarf materials and all other sorts of scarf designs and everything like that. Because it's for the polar bears. We believe yeah, in them. Absolutely. Fantastic. Um, we do all of that. So we're, we're constantly building our business and, and we, we grow it to such a point where the, the amount of that a single share of our stock is worth is now, let's say, um, I don't, I'm just pulling a number. $500. $500. That's higher than I was going to go. <laughs> Fantastic. We're You're, fabulous. You have way more faith in us than, than I did. <laughs> um, so that, that uh, you spent $20, you got $480 out of it. It, it, it took you 20 years Mm-hmm. So, you know, you made $480 off of your initial $20 investment over 20 years. You know, that's your return on investment. Yeah. And and a, and a real situation of that, and, you know, again, it's, it's going back, but Disney, mm-hmm. 1957, they went public. They started in 1901. So that, again, shows you a big gap of when a company was created and when it went public in 1957, they were selling their initial public offering price for $13.88. So if you had spent $1,000 back in 1957, which really wasn't that long ago, $1,000 today would be worth over $3 million. $1,000 back in 1957 was a lot of money. It was a lot of money. But then look at it if you 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 took a chance and believed in Disney. Yeah, yeah. Put $1,000 in there. But again, don't be like a money monster and put... If all you have is a thousand dollars, don't do that. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So you've we talked about the growth in a share price. The only there there is there is another way that that you can quote unquote profit from owning stock in a company, and that would be if the company decides that it is going to share its profits mm-hmm. with its owners, then it pays out something that's called a dividend. Dividend, yeah, which is jargon. That is jargon, but I just told you what it was. It's you when did. the a company that you, that uh, that has stocks decides that it is going to pay out some portion of its profits to its shareholders. It pays them out in in a, in in money. It it pays its shareholders money 
uh, and that money that it pays them is called a dividend. So um, you could potentially, as a stockholder, you could actually receive money from just from the fact that you own a share of this company uh, and you might be able to you can spend that money because it's your money. You mm-hmm. could spend it on either reinvesting it in more stock or you could spend it on polar bear scarves. I highly recommend the polar bear scarves. <laughs> um, but uh, but that that dividend is is something that you're receiving. You're you're receiving an income in the form of a dividend. Um, so, you know, mark that down on your budget as something that, uh, something that's a, a source of income for you. If you're receiving dividends from any of your company stock that you own. I mean, being a shareholder is very fun, but you know, with great power comes great responsibility. That's true. Uncle Ben, Spider-Man. Absolutely. But seriously, it's one of those that, yes, you, you are making an investment. You're taking a leap of faith. You're, you're believing in whatever company you're choosing to invest in. And it's one of those that. You, are you along for the ride to see, you know, what happens? Because I'm sure back in 1957, people weren't sure about Disney necessarily or Netflix in 02. But it's just taken that leap. Of course, I would love to travel back. And I wish we would go back to this old way of when you actually bought stock, you got a share certificate. Yeah, you don't they, You don't really get those anymore. <laughs> no, 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 no. Now you get like a nice email. Oh, yeah, thanks so much for, you know, buy, investing in Netflix or investing in Apple. But I think back to Mary Poppins and they had the kite that they made, which then we found out through the movie that that was actually the bank share certificate that had been cut up to create this beautiful kite. And the family really needed that share certificate because the mean people at the bank were being very shady and they needed to have proof. Nowadays, you don't get a share certificate. You get that nice email. They're collectible items. But back then, it was a proof of your ownership in a company, which again, remember, a stock is an ownership in a company. Right. So So the the share certificate was actually your proof that you owned a share of stock mm -hmm. in a company. It itself, the paper was not valuable, like your $20 bill in your pocket is representation of $20. It showed your ownership of it, but then there also was a book. So if somebody had, back in the day, our polar bear scarf company was around, Mm -hmm. we would also have a registry, which would be the book that we would sit there and write down. Cameron, our lovely producer, has purchased, you know, 20 shares. So we would have it written down our book and then we would give him a share certificate that was beautiful with maybe a little polar bear on there. I don't know. It would look great. It would definitely have a polar bear. (laughs) There's no maybe about it. But yes, so I I wish we could still have those, but they are nice little collectibles now. Interesting. That is is interesting. So you, the public, you now have an ownership share of a polar bear company, polar bear scarf company. You've got we made you up some nice certificates with a picture of a polar bear on of course. it. Even though most people don't do that anymore. You, you've got a certificate that actually says that you own some shares of our company. Let's say you bought uh, 10 shares of our company. Um, what do you get as an owner of our company? Well, you don't get to come in and tell me and Katie how to run it on a day-to-day Sorry, basis. Sorry, no micromanagers. No, no micromanagers. <laughs> Definitely not. But... You do get a say in how the company is run because once a year, Katie and I are going to hold a uh, a stockholders, a shareholders meeting Mm -hmm. and shareholders can vote at that meeting on certain items that will come before the shareholders. Uh, Things like 
election of the board members and so forth and the people that make the big decisions on how the company is going to be run. So you actually have a, 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 a way to sort of steer the ship mm-hmm. kind of in, in a very big way. You, along with all of the other multiple shareholders that are out there, have a say in how the ship what direction the ship is going to head. Yeah, you have a part of the company. Yeah. You may not have a controlling part, but you are... Don't be coming up in my house and telling me where to set my wife's uh, sewing machine. I mean, I'm just saying. <laughs> but the shareholders are a crucial part of these companies. Absolutely. Yes. And so, that that that, that I mean, that that breaks it down. I mean, I hope that that's... That, that was a long one. But, I mean, I feel like... I feel like you should know now what you're what you're getting when we when we talk about buying stock. We're talking about buying a specific kind of stock. We're talking about buying something that's publicly traded. Mm-hmm. It's traded on a on an exchange. Um, jargon much exchange? Okay, sorry. So, okay, uh, that that is that is a that is jargon. Uh, it's my bad, my bad. I think that might be. I don't know. I, I think that's only two for me today, maybe three. But if you're not counting, then I'm not. Anyway, that is jargon. Uh, that is, listen. That's that is something that I, I will explain to you. Um, stocks are traded on exchanges around the world. Mm-hmm. Probably the most famous exchange, at least for most of our listeners, the one that you've probably heard of, is the New York Stock Exchange. Mm-hmm. And um, so. Traders actually go to the new. Actually, I don't know if they go right now. Uh, things might be closed. I'm not sure. Um, traders go to the exchange and they 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 go there to sell, buy, and sell stocks. Buyers and sellers come together. Right, right. And uh, but together. that's really that's as much as I want to say about it right now. You've heard of the New York Stock Exchange. That's where people go to buy and sell stocks. There are a lot more exchanges, quote unquote, like that all around the world. But you know what, ladies and gentlemen, we really are just trying to keep it basic today. We want to keep it to the just the simple idea of what is a stock. And so we hope you'll stick with us, right? Yeah. And that's what I was going to add to that is there is so much that goes with stocks. And, you know, again, you can reach out to us with questions, but I just kind of want to throw out there, yes, we're going to keep talking about in depth more about these stocks, about the exchange. But this is, again, we're hoping you're with the long haul for us. We're setting the basics of what is a stock. Because a lot of you may be going, oh, I'll never do stock. But if you're in a retirement account, then most likely you probably are in a mutual fund, which I know is jargon and we'll explain that. But a mutual fund is a, a fund set up made up of a bunch of different stocks. Mm. So that's why we want you to understand what a stock is and because it all plays together. It's all a snowball effect here start, with the polar bears, a we, snowball. We got to start with... We got to start with the simple and hopefully build to all of these other things that we've talked about. And Absolutely. So the simple is stock. You know, we're just talking about stock, baby. Just talking about you and me. <laughs> and um, let's go to the bullseye, please. <laughs> there you go, Katie. Uh, our next section is the bullseye. That's where we're going to break it down for these people and let them know what we think the takeaway for the episode is. You get your chance. And then I'll tell you what the correct answer is. So bullseye, stock, ownership in a company, going public is because that company has built up, felt they felt like their product, their service was ready to have a coming out debutante ball and announce we are here. We hope you believe in us, invest in us, take a chance on us. 
Okay, that's fantastic. And you know what? That perfectly, I'll just give you the other half of that. What I think the the rest of it is. My bullseye would be the reason, that's the reason that companies want you to to buy their stock is is they want you to invest in them so that they can raise money. And why do you want to do it? Because you're hoping to grow your money. You want to make money, money. Yeah, ultimately you're looking either for a stream of income from what you're putting your money into or you're looking to grow that money. You're looking for it to get larger and larger. And so, you know, that's that's the basic idea. You buy a share of their company because you're hoping that their company is going to grow and get bigger and make you more money than what you put in initially. Absolutely. Oh, Katie, that was the closing bell. I know you're sad. I know you never want this episode to end. I mean, the closing bell has been ringing since 1903. <laughs> um, that is the closing bell, though. And so, ladies and gentlemen, I really appreciate it if you stuck with us through this episode. I hope you enjoyed it. Um, if you liked it and you'd like to subscribe and you haven't already, please use your favorite podcast subscription service and subscri- subscribe to our podcast. It's Bullcast Podcast or Bullcast The Podcast, depending on where you look it up. And you can subscribe. You can leave us a comment. We'll be happy to respond. I've got a thick skin. You can talk nasty about me all day long and it won't bug me at all. Please be sure to rate us. Rate us. Please rate us. Uh, You know, those ratings help on some of these services. Those ratings are really key. So please do rate us. If you'd like to find out more about me or Katie or both of us, you can go to our website, which is bullcastpodcast.com. You can look us up there. You can also communicate with us on that website. You can send us questions. You can send us comments, feedback, or you can even suggest a topic to us for a future podcast if you'd like. Again, I've mentioned this before. Hopefully, people will start submitting questions and we'll be able to have a Q&A session um, and uh, answer those questions on a future podcast. You can do that all through the website, or you can also reach us reach out to us on Twitter. Our Twitter handle is at Bullcast Podcast, or you can reach out to us on Instagram. That's at Bullcast Podcast as well. Um, I hope that gives you enough to, to, to look into until the next time. Um, uh, but until the next time, I'm Court. I'm Katie. And uh, stay classy, San Diego. Mm-hmm.